main challenge for many, not for everyone, but just let's try to give uh, um, the, the top challenge, right? Uh, is that for many students, uh, this is the first time they leave abroad on their own in a different country. So it's not just the first time they leave alone, but they leave alone in a different country. And, uh, and I think that uh, implies a lot of uh, challenges that are not necessarily related to Japan only, but are related to the experience of uh, being alone with a family, maybe not many friends at the beginning. So you really want to create an environment for the student that he can easily create uh, a group of you know, friends, a group of people he can trust. I think that's a big difference from who is very, very happy and who maybe struggle a little bit because he feels alone. Welcome back. You're listening to The Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Here at Japan Forward, we bring to our audience issues that are of real importance in and about Japan from the perspective and context of people inside of Japan, as expressed or captured by them who truly understand the nuances of culture, issues, and current events. In today's session, we speak with Davide Rossi, who is the CEO and co founder of GoGo World, an organization with the objective of helping international students understand the entry rules and support for making their experience in Japan the best possible. They offer services for other countries, including Italy, Spain, and South Korea. The organization has accommodated over 8,000 students who have come to Japan, including 1,500 of them in 2019 alone. Let's listen in. Thank you to our listeners and followers for joining us again for our weekly Twitter space. Every week, we're seeing more people join us for this live conversation and appreciate it very much. Before we get started, let us introduce ourselves. Um, for anybody unfamiliar with us, we started Japan Forward in 2017 with the goal to reach global audiences sharing stories, opinions, and editorial content from Japan. Our mission, shared by our supporters and followers, is to raise awareness of the Japanese spirit, culture, and tradition. Okay, now, so let's introduce some of our editorial staff who are also in these Twitter spaces. Let's start with Susan. If I can get my mic back on here.、Uh, Davide, very nice to meet you. I'm Susan Komori. I am a senior editor for Japan Forward. And I get to see everybody's comments when they come in in articles, and I love it. And I'm very interested. I was a foreign student once, so I'm very interested to hear、uh, you know, what's、uh, going on now that activities have started up and,、uh, and there's a lot of changes coming. So I'm looking forward to everything you have to say today. Okay, next we have Ariel.、Uh, hi, Davide. It's nice to speak to you again.、Um, I spoke, interviewed、uh, Davide before when I was、uh, following a bit more assiduously the、uh, whole topic on when Japan was going to let in more students and workers and technical trainees and what w a s the、um, prospects on that and so on. So I'm、uh, keen to and excited to hear what Davide has to say about the recent developments、um, on that.、Um, in general, I am a reporter at Japan Forward and I have been for、uh, over three years now. And、um, yeah, I cover a variety of topics. And so this is something that I've Personally, been this team in particular that we're talking about today, something I've been very interested in because、uh, just like Susan, I was also once a study abroad student. I mean, I obviously came to Japan initially not knowing a lot of Japanese. So, all the struggles with that,、um, you know, it's something that I'm interested in talking about. So, yeah. 
And thank you for that. And lastly, I'm Galileo. I've been working, I work in Japan for, since, I guess, 2017 um, with marketing, some of the content development, um, then social media. I also host this podcast. And um, unlike the others, I didn't do a study abroad in Japan, but I did move to Japan about 13 years ago. And lived in the countryside where I, I I guess picked up most of the language, although I had a bit of a tohokuben, and spoke with a dialect. Um, even more so, I spoke like an old grandma, which was quite embarrassing when I moved away from the countryside. But it's going to be nice to speak to you about today's topic. And so let me introduce our guest today, um, Davide Rossi. He's the CEO and co-founder of GoGo World and has lived in Japan for about 13 years, similar to me. Davide is a strong voice in the international student or study abroad in Japan community and has helped over 10,000 people to live and study abroad in Japan and South Korea. Davide, welcome to our Twitter spaces. Uh, hi, Galileo. Hi, Ariel and Susan. Hi, everyone listening to today's podcast. And uh, uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Okay, so first topic is like international student life, study abroad in Japan. Um, GoGo World's motto um, is making your experience in Japan the best as possible. Could you share with our listeners some of the things you're doing to achieve this? Yes, so with one of our uh, services, which is called GoGo Nihon, uh, we basically help uh, students from the very first moment when they may thinking they may they may be thinking to leave and study in Japan but they don't know uh, which school uh, which place to be which school to study uh, how the visa paperwork works so we really start from uh, uh, from the very the very beginning when they're still in their country and just have a desire to to go to Japan and we uh, you know we 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 follow them until they are actually in Japan, and even after that, we have communities, we have groups, we have uh, uh, events. We invite, uh, we we send job information, and we try to to follow up to make again their experience as uh, as best as we can. And this is starts from when I came to Japan as a student uh, fourteen years ago, so 13, 14 years ago. Uh, at that time, of course, there wasn't uh, a service like Gogo Nihon. And uh, although my experience in Japan, in Japan was amazing, it's still the best experience of my life. But the process of getting to Japan is, was, uh, was very, very tough. So uh, I thought to start uh, this, uh, this service uh, back in uh, 2009 when I started Gogo Nihon to basically make the, the process as simple as possible and, uh, and the experience as best as possible for future students. Well, I, I guess I'd like to ask you a question if I can. Um, and that is, uh, you, many students, when they uh, arrive here, they probably had some expectations and you help them sort of uh, define what those expectations might be and what would be, uh, what they should be prepared for. But I would really like to know, what do you, what would you say is the biggest challenge faced by many students when they actually arrive in Japan and start going to school? Uh, I think the main challenge for many not for everyone but just let's try to give uh, uh, the the top challenge right uh, is that for many students uh, this is the first time they live abroad on their own in a different country so it's not just the first time they live alone but they live alone in a different country 
And, uh, and I think that uh, implies a lot of uh, challenges that are not necessarily related to Japan only, but are related to the experience of uh, being alone with a family, maybe not many friends at the beginning. So you really want to create an environment for the student that he can easily create uh, a group of you know, friends, a group of people he can trust. I think that's a big difference from who is very, very happy and who maybe struggle a little bit because he feels alone. Uh, since it's a different country, uh, since, you know, again, most of your friends are not following you to Japan, especially because our students mostly come from Europe and, uh, and America. We, we don't only cover those countries, but most of them, it's really far away. And uh, um, being so far away, the chance of you have, that you have other friends that are following you from your country are very low. I also came by myself to Japan. And it's very important to create a group of trusted people, a group of friends at the very beginning. And that's what where we really help. I mean, before the coronavirus, of course, we had a lot of events. Uh, from now on, now the students are coming back. We're going to think how to, with Corona, create a safe environment, but still give the chance to people to meet other people because at the end, social life is very important in a foreign country, especially when, uh, uh, when you just arrive. Okay, so really what you're doing is you're, you're saying, okay, uh, you're going to be alone. You're going to be without <laughs> your usual friends and... Uh, uh, so how do you overcome that? And you're creating the opportunities for them to meet people and actually make friends, which makes a lot of sense. But it also leads me to my next question, yeah. which is um, a lot of people are from different countries and different countries have different cultures. And sometimes uh, the expectations are a little different and there may be some cultural uh, clash or differences. And uh, does that play a role with students or do you prepare them for that? I think it's a very good question. And uh, as I was a student in a class with uh, people from all over the world, I still remember in 2008, my Japanese language school had, uh, uh, I think, some uh, students from China, from Korea, from Estonia, uh, from Holland, from Sweden, which was the other co-founder of Google Nihon. Uh, and maybe a couple of other nationalities uh, that, uh, you know, since it was 14 years ago, I started to forget. But it, <laughs> it, it, it was really, really, and I think that's the best part of the study experience in Japan or any other countries that has uh, a lot of nationalities. Um, but um, as you said, you need to go there with an open mind. Uh, I think what we don't stress and, and we really try to repeat, repeat as much as possible is to really go to uh, Japan with a very open mind, because first of all, Japanese culture is very different. And also, uh, I think one of the best part of the study abroad experience is the people you meet in the school, because you have a common goal, which is learning Japanese and living in Japan, growing in Japan, but they come from all over the world. And if you have an open mind, you can really, you can really learn 10 times faster than maybe your friend that is uh, in, still in your country and maybe go through a more traditional route. And then when you go back after two years, you have just experienced so much. You learned so much from all these other cultures that you feel really you, uh, you know, you grew up much faster than, than who doesn't have this study abroad experience. So it's difficult, but please go with an open mind. Don't judge too much. Just, just listen, uh, assimilate, you know, absorb everything that is happening around you, especially in the beginning, and, and you will be very happy and successful. You know, I can hear the energy in your voice from that, and it brings back really great memories. And um, I yeah. think that if, if the students, uh, you know, the, the people who are thinking about coming here would hear that, they would be just really excited. Uh, mm. But thank you. And I think there's some more questions, so I'm going to turn you over to my colleagues. <laughs> yes, um, actually, I think it's, uh, you mentioned it 
a bit, or, you know, when you came to Japan and, you know, when you went to uh, Japanese language school and all of that, I guess I would like to follow up on this. Like, take us back to when you initially, like, decided to come to Japan and so on. Like, what was your experience like? What did you struggle with? How was it? Yeah, so I, I came to Japan 14 years ago thinking to stay six months. So obviously the, the, the expectation was, uh, was a little bit lower than actually, you know, I really liked, of course, living here. And I decided to find ways to, to stay longer and, and to try different things in Japan. So it was all decided while experiencing the, the life as a student in Japan. And... Um, the reason why I came again, I wanted to learn the language. I, I was, I was living in the UK at the time. And, uh, um, I felt that being an Italian in the UK, speaking Japanese, uh, sorry, speaking Italian and English wasn't that special. I've always been fascinated by different cultures and, and, and I like traveling and I said, okay, I want to learn, uh, Japanese. I decided specifically Japanese because I had a trip in Japan before it was just holidays, but I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to know more. I wanted to speak the language. So I just went really purely to not thinking to say, but purely to learn the language and then maybe go back to the UK and maybe uh, find a job where I could use Japanese. I don't know. That was my original idea. But that coming to Japan, again, again, things uh, worked well and I decided to stay. For my challenges, I, I still remember that the major challenge that I had and was one of the reasons also why I wanted to start a service like Google Nihon. It was first all the paperwork. Um, I almost gave up once I remember because there was this continuous number of questions after questions that came about my application. I thought it was a very regular application, but apparently if you have worked, it's kind of weird for, for Japan still mm -hmm. now it's a bit weird. It's getting better, but still for, for Japanese people, if you go to study Japanese after starting to work, they think it's weird. I don't understand why, but for, uh, for, um, you know, Ministry of Education or, or Japan, it's not a standard path, but of course there is a lot of people that want to really learn the language. They're not thinking to go to university necessarily. Uh, I was already graduated. I, I was already graduated. I already had a master's degree, so I didn't need to go to university. I just wanted to learn the language. That was a bit challenging at the time. I think now it's much better. So please don't worry if you, um, are working and want to go to study in Japan. It's, it's really straightforward, but at that time it was a bit, uh, an issue. And the second thing was the apartment. I found a place that was so different from the photos. And, uh, in 2008, um, social media were not a big thing. So kind of reviews, word of mouth, uh, were not accessible online. Like they are now, of course, there wasn't services go going on. We also select apartments and shared houses that have a certain quality standard. So it was more like uh, trusting the website trusting photos on the website. So I found out that the apartment they were giving me for uh, as, a, as a 20 square meters was actually uh, maybe 12 square meters or 13 square meters plus a loft that was impossible for me to even uh, go. So it was a much smaller apartment than I thought. It was very, very dirty uh, when, I, when I found it. And I paid a lot. Uh, I thought it was, uh, was an okay price, but then I found out that they really charged me double for that. So I had a very bad experience. I had to leave in, in two weeks because it was absolutely wrong. I lost some money and I found another place which must, was, it was much better. And that's also why, again, I start thinking about creating a service to avoid people to get kind of, um, that, uh, that experience, right? That's, that's not, that's not good. Like, especially you're just arrived. You don't, you don't know anyone you are so excited to learn a new language, but then the place you need to sleep and leave is absolutely 
uh, not what you thought. So um, that was kind of my, my two main issues there, the application procedure, and then the first impact I had with uh, my apartment that, uh, that I booked online before coming to Japan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then it definitely seems like you kind of tried to get like past the uh, a gap in the market, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, like, there's so many good experiences out there, but sometimes just the demand and the supply are not meeting. So um, I think it, well, the project that you're doing is really, really important. So it's great to hear about that. Um, I'll pass you back to Galileo, who I think has a question after this. Yes, um, I just wanted to say, I didn't mention it earlier, but I used to work in a university to do mm. um, for international students, to, to accept international students from foreign countries. So like yourself, lots of them from America, mm. and a lot of them from Europe. Um, but like, you know, you, you quickly realize that even if it's a student from America, like America is a big country, like the way people, like the behaviors or like the mannerisms on the West Coast are different from like, you know, the East Coast. Mm. So it's essentially you're dealing with like lots of these like microcultures or different, you know, social groups. And I thought that's, um, that was a big challenge for like um, international students yeah. when they realize stuff about their own country too. And, and it has nothing to do with Japan. So that's yeah. interesting. Um, I wanted to make a con- comment that, you know, we have the so-called, like it's, it's a hashtag on Twitter, Japan Travel Ban. And mm. it's affected thousands, possibly even millions of people since the COVID-19 pandemic started. A large number of those people affected are international students who are your, you know, your clientele and a big part of your business. Um, recently, Japan has made progress with allowing international students to, re- to enter Japan again. So what's your assessment of this and what are your hopes for the near future? So let's say three to five years. Uh, yes. Uh, so before I dive into the situation of students, which of course is my expertise, and I think I can share some uh, some insight to some insight to everyone listening, uh, I just want to mention then that, uh, that of course uh, it, it wasn't just students uh, that uh, were banned, uh, but also other categories like workers. So there were people that quit their job, for example, and they got a contract in Japan. So that's why they quit their job in February 2020. And then for two years, they've been unemployed, just waiting to, to enter Japan. Uh, also, there have been families and uh, other people that uh, come up, come under, for example, a uh, uh, tourist visa, but actually they're not tourists because let's say unmarried couple or uh, same-sex marriage that is not recognized in Japan. I think there are many other categories like that that still cannot reunite, still cannot enter Japan, even though they are not tourists. Um, so I think the situation uh, has improved a lot. And again, I will give now details about students, but we don't want to forget that it's not only about students, but there are so many other categories and some of those categories are still struggling, the same as students were struggling until uh, February this year. Um, talking about the students, so the situation has improved massively. And as much as being very critical uh, with, uh, with the government, with everything that happened in the past two years, I have to say that uh, March, in March, things actually moved finally. Uh, and they're moving, uh, they're moving forward um, pretty nicely. Of course, since the amount of people that have been waiting and the amount of people that have basically have been accumulating uh, if you can, uh, if I can say that in the past two years has been so massive. Only students, we're talking about 150,000 students. Uh, this is after, of course, everyone then canceled, everyone gave up, unfortunately. Uh, the, the students left, let's say, the students left waiting. 
some of them really for more than two years, since they started waiting maybe from February 2020, it's, uh, it's 150,000. And then you add that on top uh, other categories, as I mentioned before. Uh, so we're talking about, let's say, maybe 250,000, 300,000 people that are trying to enter now. Uh, Japan said they want people, they want uh, especially students, but they're trying to make everyone enter by the end of May. So you have um, Japanese embassies abroad. You have uh, um, schools in Japan trying to process maybe 10 times more people that they normally process in a busy period. And that's of course, includes also a, um, a service like Google Nihon, even ourselves. We are working as hard as we ever be, uh, as, 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 as hard as we had worked in, ever since we started this, trying to uh, process, again, 10 times more the number of normal uh, students that are entering right now. Um, again, it's a, it's a good thing because things are moving forward. So we're not just working to postpone or to cancel like it's been in the past two years, but it's a very, very difficult time. However, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel for sure, because people are entering. Uh, we hear, I mean, I, I hear every day, um, it's so nice for everyone that uh, maybe tag me after, you know, this, the past year, the past two years that we've been fighting all together with the students and making events and, and doing so many things. But it's so nice to, to be remembering this positive time. So I get some kind of energy back. Uh, because every time one person enters, kind of writes a nice message, thank you, or, or just 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 an, um, you know tag tag my Twitter name, uh, and then I can see you know really maybe ten people even more just tagging me and and entering per day, which means things are really moving fast, um, which is which is which is what we we really wanted after so long. Um, so things are looking positive. We expect by the end of March, sorry, by the end of May, uh, all students. Uh, to be able to be in all, all waiting students to be able to be in Japan, which means from July term, which is the next term, maybe things are going to be regular. So only who is actually planning to enter in July will enter in July <laughs> and so on. October, uh, kind of getting back to a normal uh, process that that would be really the, the goal. Uh, that's why everyone is working so hard now. And um, sorry, if I can follow up on this, uh, you mentioned like all your like, you know, the followers that you have on Twitter and so on tagging you and so on. Uh, I'm sure like amongst our listeners right now, there are a lot of people that have been following you. And so that's, you know, I'm sure why they're tuning in. But maybe for those who don't know, like, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you basically started like sharing information on social media and basically created single handedly this community of people saying, let's bring attention to this topic. So everything started, um, I kind of still remember, I remember the feeling more than when was it? I remember the feeling that I was so angry with the situation because from one side, Japan closed the border again. Uh, I think it was the beginning of January, 2021 for the Delta variant and said, Oh, we're going to close from for one month. And then after one month, they just kept, um, postponing the decision and they never reopened. Right. Uh, from one side, so the borders stay close, and the other side, there was the politician, everyone saying, "Oh, we're going to have great Olympics. We're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna." Uh, so it was like for me, it was really uh, very upsetting, and, and and this accumulates to the point and said, "Okay, I, I really want to try something." Um, I, I start to talk with some uh, some of the schools I'm in contact to, and I start talking to Japanese people because I've never done anything like this in Japan. I never spoke with a newspaper in Japan. I've never done anything like this. 
So they suggested me, uh, and I was, you know, I was suggested to uh, try to reach media in Japan because with the, you know, reaching media then is actually the way to kind of uh, reach uh, normal people and change a little bit the public opinion and maybe get some positive political decision. For me, that was absurd. They say, why would the political decision be based on what the media say? Because I, I, I never done it, right? So, but then actually it's kind of the way that <laughs> it went. But at the time I was just following advices. So I set up a YouTube channel, even though this, this Twitter account that, I, you know, my Twitter account was open um, 10 years ago. I never tweet before. I just start tweeting literally for this in, in April, 2000 uh, or April or May, I forgot, 2021. And the idea initially was to just to do some events, inviting students to talk about the situation because um, I think I, I thought um, that uh, we wanted the normal Japanese person, we want the media, but also the normal Japanese people to understand the situation of students, that students are not a threat. Um, unfortunately, in Japan at that time, everything from abroad was seen like, uh, you know, equal bringing Corona, everything. Even a student that was ready to quarantine for uh, for two weeks was was going to do all this procedure same as Japanese people were doing because Japanese people never stopped to go out for travel and come back you know that never stopped that was another problem but you know we were basically wanted to show that the, most of the students are young individuals that are perfectly aware about the importance of following safety measure to enter Japan they're all gonna wear masks they're all gonna do the quarantine they're perfectly healthy and they're, they're willing to, most of them have been vaccinated anyway because they were preparing to go to Japan. So we really wanted to show that. That's why we started to do these uh, um, events on Zoom and YouTube and, you know, 10,000 people and media reported about it. Then uh, we made a questionnaire where we asked students what they think about the situation, what they think about Japan, uh, how they're feeling economically, are they feeling mentally, how they're feeling um, physically. The results were, were really um, were really shocking. Like, you know, maybe 80% of them had experienced depression. Uh, and, and it was, I think 3000 people, 4,000 people that replied out of hundred thousand people waiting. So the, the, the sample was huge. Usually the poll that you see on NHK, I found out that they have hundred people answering <laughs> when they say 80% of people agree with the, 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 the the border measures, they've been asking to 80 people with the average of 70 years old. That was actually the last poll that, uh, that, was, uh, that was published in NHK. So the number of the sample is very low and is very biased because they have only 17 years old people answering at the phone. But our poll was 3,000 students that said that 80% of them have been, um, have been experiencing depression, have had uh, um, uh, financial issues, lost money because of the travel ban. And 60%, I think, they... Uh, they hate they, they hate, um, hate Japan because of the travel ban. Those were people that were invested to come and study in Japan that became uh, people hating Japan because of the travel ban. So we showed this questionnaire, and this questionnaire really exploded. Like every newspaper that uh, Mainichi, uh, Yomiri Shimbun, um, Kyodo, Kyodo News, but no, um, there was a, there was at least another major, or maybe the Asahi, I forgot, um, published on the first page. Uh, the result of this question. He went on TV, on TV Asai and NHK. They actually showed the results. So this actually was uh, uh, probably the main result of one year of support of everyone. All the students have participated in so many initiatives. Uh, also workers have supported. 
um, families, couples. I think our voice, our message was always for everyone. But of course, since I work with students at the end, the number of students that I was able to um, put together has always been uh, higher than other categories just because uh, I've, uh, I work with students every day uh, and I've been, doing, I've been doing this for 12 years. But, uh, but really, it's been, uh, it's been a great movement. Uh, we still are active now on Discord, for example. We have a community that is still active and everyone is sharing tips on how to enter Japan. And Twitter is a bit active still, uh, even though I expect when people finally are in Japan, I hope they're going to do better things, enjoy their life, not spend too much time on social media. I hope that's, that, 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 that's great, right? So we don't really want to continue to talk about this too much. It's been what it, what it was. We want to avoid this to happen again. Yes, uh, we want to make sure that... The, the image of students um, improves in Japan. I think that's, that's maybe if there is one thing to look forward in the future, uh, I still don't know exactly how to, to do this, but if there is one thing I would like to do, I would like to work on uh, is to uh, improve the overall image that uh, you know, international students have for Japanese people. I'm sure that all people listening and, and all, you know, all people in this, uh, in this space are perfectly you know uh, aware of how students international students are important for every country but maybe um, in japan there is still a misunderstanding of the purpose of many students they have to come to japan they actually contribute to the japan society they they you know they they can they can work bring skills um, they may go back to their country but build bridges between the two countries so there is a lot that they can give and i want to try a way to um, to explain this a little bit better here in japan Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, actually, since you mentioned the questionnaire that you did like some time ago, um, but you recently also looking at your Twitter profile, you recently recently conducted a poll, right, to ask how's it going, how is you know how has the situation progressed uh, um, since then? Um, could you share some of the results that you've seen so far? What how's how's it going? What's the what's the pulse of people responding? Yes, so I um, I made this question to to see how the situation um, was 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 going. So not just based on my feeling, but asking um, followers to tell me at what stage they were in the process of entering Japan. So there were four um, four options. One still don't have the ERFS, which is a new. A certificate they need to get in order to enter Japan. So even though they are already eligible to enter Japan, which means they received the certificate of eligibility, which is a paper that basically say you can enter Japan, but because of the Japan travel ban, um, even people with the certificate of eligibility couldn't enter Japan. When they reopened the borders, they added one extra document that is a digital certificate, likely. So it's pretty fast to get, but. Uh, some um, some institutions, some companies may take a bit longer, so it's more up to the sponsor rather than the student. So, but we wanted to know: Did you get this yet? Uh, first, first option. Second option: Yes, I got it, but I'm still waiting for the visa because uh, after you get this, you have all the documents, but you need to go to your local Japanese embassy to give this document, and then wait maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks. It depends on the on the embassy, on the on the country to get the actual visa. And then the, this was the second option. So um, waiting for the visa. Third option is that I got the visa, but I'm not in Japan. So maybe I'm waiting for a flight. And there were some delays because uh, the very unfortunate situation in, 
Ukraine. Uh, many uh, flights also have uh, been postponed or been redirected. So there were some flights that were canceled. Because of that, maybe some people with a visa are still not in Japan or just their flight is a bit later. Uh, and the fourth option, of course, was I'm in Japan. And I asked this two weeks ago and I've asked this uh, yesterday and uh, I think it's very interesting to see the difference. So um, two weeks ago, 21% of people responding, they still didn't have the ERFS, which is the document necessary to apply for a visa. But this number went down to 14% uh, today. So in two weeks, the number went from 24, 21 to uh, 14%. Then I got the ERFS, but I'm waiting for the visa. It was 35%, but this number went down to 15%. So a lot of visa has been processed, that means. Uh, number three, I got the visa, but I'm not in Japan. This number was uh, 34% and it went down to 31%. That means that uh, uh, some people that, of course, uh, got the visa probably uh, left for Japan, but also some of the people that uh, uh, they were waiting for the visa, they got the visa, but they're not in Japan yet. So the number didn't change much because of that. The best thing to see is that only 8% of people were in Japan two weeks ago, but 38% of the people responding are in Japan now. That's huge. Of course, my followers, I think they are the most active in that sense. So they probably are moving very fast. I don't think 40% of the, you know, the 150,000 winning students are in Japan. I think it's a bit less. I think my, fo my, my, my followers are a bit fast on, uh, on, on how to move and things like that. They get a lot of information quick and things like that. But uh, moving from 8% to 40%, it's, it's a great, great progress. And uh, that make me really positive in the next two weeks or, the, or by the end of April, maybe we have 70%, 80%, hopefully. Um, you know, most of the students, maybe they can enter by the end of April, that seems, seems doable now. But if you ask me in February, before they reopen the border, I would say there is no way. So I think, I think huge, huge progress uh, because of that. Um, yes, so thanks for that. I wanted to ask, um, but it's also something that we're working on Japan Forward. We also recognize that there are challenges for people who are transitioning or moving to Japan. Um, and you pointed it out. It's not just um, studying um, abroad for the first time, um, but it's also like living abroad on their own for the first time. And what we're doing in Japan for is we're trying to put together um, some of these guides, um, like setting up your residency record, opening up a bank account, like your bicycle, uh, your work permit. So I wanted to ask you, Davide, um, what kind of advice do you have for people who are um, you know, they're coming to Japan soon. Um, what kind of procedures or processes or what's something that they can do to help them get, make things smooth as possible and have like the best experience in Japan as, as ever. Yeah. Uh, if, if you come through, uh, Google Nihon, um, the best advice possible for who is using, uh, our service is to read <laughs> the information we said, um, I understand that sometimes it's overwhelming. Uh, sometimes you are already packing, preparing, say goodbye to your friends and, uh, and, uh, you know, like probably life gets really busy the two weeks, three weeks, four weeks before leaving and then the first few weeks in Japan. So it's fully understandable. However, we really have put together in the past 13 years and, you know, there is about now 50 or 60 people working. Uh, we put together everything really needed 
everything. Like when I say everything, it goes really to the to the how to rent a bicycle. He go, he go, he answers all the questions. I don't think you can find a question and we don't answer. And if there is, great. We're gonna write a wiki. We're gonna write a PDF and we'll send to the students as well. So we tried really to be comprehensive. Um, so as much as this is going to take time and maybe it will take even one day or two days of just reading, if you read everything, you will be, you, you will have such a better experience because you, you're going to know all these things. If you come on your own or unfortunately because of, um, immigration rules, Japan immigration rules, we cannot really help every country. Some countries, um, some nationalities is out of our scope because they're, the rules are uh, very different and we don't have, for example, staff from those, from those nationalities. We don't really understand the, uh, the immigration process for those countries. So if you cannot apply with Gogo Nihon or you just uh, do on your own or you um, I don't know, you go to Japan as a worker, it doesn't have to be a student, right? You can go to, an, to, to a different route. Um, I think as, as much as possible, uh, again, try to be in some community, um, I think before going to Japan has to be online because in Japan, maybe there are also local communities, but before going, uh, there are recently, there are good quality communities. I think you can find whatever is your social media, um, of choice. I think on Facebook, there are communities on discord, there are communities on Twitter, there are communities. You can find some communities and you can really absorb the information from there. The disadvantage of a community versus the information we send with Ogonion that is not hundred percent reliable information. There is the risk that there are some, 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 some info that are not correct. So this is a bit uh, more tricky, but it's much better than uh, uh, going unprepared. I think uh, if you don't have a person of reference, like if you have a friend in Japan, I think it's much easier. If you have family in Japan, okay, much easier. If you, if you're going alone, um, still, even though some information may be wrong or maybe not updated, uh, being part of some community is starting to, ask those questions in advance, uh, gonna really, really, um, save a lot of time. Luckily enough now, you know, social media, internet, uh, you find everyone, uh, there, there, there are, you know, hundreds of people from your country already in Japan on that social media platform that you can ask questions to. And normally people like to help. So I think you can, uh, you can get the answer to your questions most of the time. Well, yes. Thanks for that advice. And I also agree that preparation is very key to making life in japan and the transition to japan um very smooth um we want to okay i guess ariel wants to ask something quickly yeah <laughs> um and uh, just so that we end on like a slightly you know lighter note because you know like <laughs> if we fill our heads with bureaucracy and forms and all the stuff that we send you people might get a big bog down on this but um I just want to ask, like, really, like, if you had to suggest to somebody coming to Japan, like, you should do absolutely this. Like, this is the first thing that you should do. Like, I don't know, visit a restaurant or visit a city or something. What would you suggest? Um, I, I, of course, I will go with uh, personal choices, right? For me, it would be, uh, doesn't matter. Even when I come back, I always want ramen. <laughs> that that doesn't, for, for me, nothing beats that. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be my favorite place. I think I'm still not... So I, I, I really like most of it, you know, <laughs> so I, I can go to the first one available and I'm probably going to be happy in Japan, eh? in Japan, of course, yeah. I think the quality here is uh, usually uh, good. <laughs> um, so that would be my, my personal advice, but also just have a walk instead of taking the train from, uh, for example, if you, if you, if you usually go to work or go to school, let's say to go to school to this stop, but just go out if you have time 
the, the stop before, or when you go back home, get off the stop before or the stop after. Uh, this works also if you do by, by mistake, but if you are a person that doesn't do this mistake, I, I do, I miss the stop by mistake many times. So for me, that's kind of uh, not a problem, but if you, if you always uh, get out of the right station, try, try to do on purpose. So you mm -hmm. work from the station and, and maybe it's going to take 20 minutes and maybe one day you work one way, another day you work another way. I mean, Japan is so different from probably the country, uh, the culture you come from that even a simple walk in a new area or in a new road really makes you, you really make you discover maybe this restaurant from your country that has a very weird name and you really want to try why, why they even call a place like that. Uh, as an Italian, I'm sure Ariel also uh, shared this feeling. We found the most random <laughs> restaurants with the most random combination of food, but it's, it's a curiosity, right? Like it's really interesting. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure depending on your country, you have these kind of things. Maybe it's not about food, it's about something else. Mm -hmm. But really, really don't, don't end up too much in the routine, uh, especially as a foreigner. That's, that's a big waste. Just try to change mm -hmm. the, the things a bit around you. So you, uh, when I experience and find new things, I think that's also uh, an advice for someone that is going to school, uh, maybe every day, same stations. No, just try to wake up 10 minutes early, 20 minutes early, just walk uh, from the station before your school, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I think Galileo would agree with that ramen suggestion. He's also a <laughs> yes, ramen, fan. ramen But also, if I was to add to some of your advice there, um, mm. in terms of pre preparing or like getting ready for Japan, especially if you're like if you've got health requirements or food requirements or like you're vegetarian, vegan, mm. um, it's always fun like looking up like the mm. restaurants in. in to the town or the city that you're going to live in. Um, and it also starts, helps you get into the community. So, mm. you know, so that's maybe some, some sort of simple <laughs> advice for me. Um, yeah. Maybe you can just borrow you for another like five minutes or so, and maybe ask our listeners if they have any questions. So if the listeners, if you have any questions on, on the, on your phone, you should see a, um, a heart button and you can like put your hand up um, and, and then if you put your hand up like that, I can see you have a question and I can um, turn turn you into a speaker. So if you've got any questions for Davide, let me know or let us know and put your hand up and, and then I can pick you up. Any takers? Oh, we have one. Sosuke-san. Invite to speak. Okay, let's go with Starson. Connecting. Um, okay, so your mic is on mute, so when you're ready, please um, open your mic. Hi, uh, David and everyone. First, I just want to say thank you for, like, you know, all the work you've done because these last two years have been so difficult for I'm sure everybody involved and um, it's a shame that some people have had to give up on their dream of going to Japan but it's great that now things are slowly returning back to some normalcy but um, the question I had was so essentially I'm fi finally going to Japan in two weeks to do language um, school, just to learn a language. And my visa is set for two years, but I'm starting to notice that it seems people who 
go to Japan for like, uh, who ha- plan to go to Japan for a set amount of time end up staying in Japan because they seem to like it so much or they find a job. And I just wanted to ask you, Davide, um, through your experience and if any other people's experience that you know, uh, people who have come to Japan, do they end up staying in Japan or do they return like back home? Yes, first, um, thank you for your words. I'm, I'm really happy to hear one more person coming in two weeks. Uh, good luck with everything. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I talk about my case again, uh, I was thinking to come to Japan for six months and now it's 14 years I'm in Japan. So uh, definitely <laughs> there are people that stay longer. Um, I think at the end, it really depends on each person experience. Uh, we see everything. We see uh, people that decide to uh, go back at the time they planned, really. Like they studied learn the language, but then they really had something to do in their country. But like generally, of course, the number of people that decide to stay longer is more uh, than the one that uh, come back uh, by the time they wanted or even earlier. Uh, generally, people try to stay longer. Uh, of course, as a foreigner's, we need a visa, which means after two years of language school, you may, um, if um, you want to stay in Japan, you need to get another visa. It could still be student visa, but then you have to go to university or Senmongako, vocational school. You cannot be a language student for, for example, for five years. I keep studying Japanese until, uh, uh, until I, I can. Um, there is a limit for that, but some people can find a job. Uh, some people eventually get, uh, get married in Japan. Um, and, and some people again, go back. So, um, there is not really one, com- one only pattern of this, but a lot of people, they really try to stay, to stay longer, especially after they learn Japanese. I think the, sh- the fact that you're learning the language will give you more chance to find a way to stay in Japan. Could be work, could be, could be other things. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So next we have star sun. If you can unmute your mic. You there? Hello. You're on mute. Okay, let's move on. If anyone else has a question, please raise your hand and I can pick you up and give you um, a chance to ask a question to Davide. And if not, we can just, I guess, wrap it up. Susan, Susan, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not just an ordinary listener, but I, I do have another question um, yeah, yeah. Or, or comment and question together. And uh, for me, one of the uh, really joys of uh, that I found in Japan that maybe was a little not quite expected was uh, the extent to which the local community. Um, uh, made it really easy for me to talk to people and uh, and sort of engage with them. Uh, and I felt like I was I was always learning. Like the shop people would always want to tell me about the special days uh, of the year in Japan. And uh, I found going to the same place again and again uh, and sort of connecting with the people there was a, it was a really good way to um, you know make a connection with the community I lived in. But uh, I know that students are a little bit different. So how 
how do you help the students connect with Japanese? And, and I'm sure that many of them, one of their goals is to speak to Japanese and to sort of uh, make Japanese friends and engage. And can you tell us a little bit about how, how that works? Yeah, uh, th that's I think is very important because you don't want to just uh, just study Japanese. You want to really use it and, and you know practice it with the daily daily life uh, as much as possible, as soon as possible. Uh, many schools they actually offer this through their programs. They have chances where, for example, they invite university students to uh, to some uh, uh, kind of communication related event uh, or they maybe have a tour of a university with the, with the students, with the language students, they, they try to, to propose it. Uh, we as, as a Google Nihon, again, we haven't done it this at all because of the Corona for the past two years, but we used to have events where we were inviting, um, Japanese, uh, people interested in meeting foreigners and, and of course our students and that, that of course they were very successful. Because, you know, you can make friends, you can exchange line, you can practice Japanese uh, and just try to build, just try, try to make some friends, of course, at the, at the event, especially when you just arrived. In general, uh, what I also say to students, um, I know that some people are very shy um, and, and it's not easy for everyone to, to make friends. I think if you, um, if you have been probably if you're, if you're shy in your country, you go to Japan, you know, you're still shy. So it's still kind of a difficult, but try as much as possible to put yourself uh, outside your comfort zone and try even on your, um, free time, or even if there is not an event organized by the school of Gogo Nihon, try to really, um, put yourself in a position where you can meet people. And it doesn't have to be really that you start talking with strangers suddenly and trying to practice, but there are many, many, uh, small groups, which is a bit what uh, Galileo mentioned about the ramen in Japan, everything as a group, as you, as you know, everything, like whatever is your passion, your hobby, whatever, there must be a group, a group of people that are meeting a group of people that are really perfecting that kind of uh, skill or hobby or, 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 you know, if it's food, like eating the food, photography, whatever, soccer, every sport as a group. Uh, website, a good website is meetup.com. And probably everyone, um, of you in Japan know there is, there is a uh, many, many groups for everything, but in general, try to find a group of, uh, your, your passions, um, and, uh, and try to, you know, go there at the beginning, you will feel awkward, but on the other side, you as a foreigner, you are going to be, you know, um, they, they will really help you in to be in the community. So don't, don't be worried too much. Just go there. And I'm sure they will be very nice with you. And they will, even if your Japanese is not great, they will try their best to, uh, maybe use some English at the beginning, uh, and make you familiar with the, with the group. So really, really try to go into these, um, uh, into these small groups as soon as possible and make friends and try to practice regular Japanese as soon as possible. So you don't just study a school, but you also practice it outside the school. Yeah, that is great advice. I mean, uh, I have uh, like, a, I don't know, like a small izakaya like nearby, mm. like try to go to relatively regularly so that the guy remembers me and then he's like, oh, izakaya jin that's your name. Like talking to me, like telling me all like, one time he tried to guess where I was from and it was just like Mexico. I was like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely try to like, don't be afraid and you know, most likely everybody's going to be quite nice. So, mm. so yeah.
Okay, I think we're trying to try to have a last call for questions. If anybody has one, um, if you want to put your hand up and then we'll probably wrap up soon. So sorry, I think my mic wasn't working, but yeah. Okay, Dr. Chan, sorry, if you can ask your question. Thank you. Um, I really enjoyed today's um, conversation um, and especially uh, the points about, you know, the inclusive communities and how initially it is difficult. I've, I've stayed in Japan for quite a few years, but uh, because of the pandemic, I haven't been able to return to Japan for almost two years. Um, hopefully that should come to an end soon and I should be able to visit. Uh, in my experience, I, I pretty much share what uh, um Ms. Komori just spoke about that, you know, you just have to, uh, sometimes conversations can be extremely interesting, but uh, as, as Davide said, the initiative lies with you, you know, um, to go out um, and be a little more proactive, if I may use the term, and sort of communicate with people. And initially, uh, sometimes um, uh, you might find that, um uh, people might just be slightly shy, but once they sort of get to know you a little better, in my own experience, I used to go to the same stores quite often. And very soon I had uh, good friends over there and they would always, you know, apprise me of so many newer things which I was not aware of. So I think the initiative definitely lies with you. But at the same time, uh, it also is uh, how you are being taken to and, and that that then also talks about, you know, body language and approach and the manner in which you are sort of speaking to people. So, um, but I think today's session was very, very useful, you know, not just for students, but also on some very finer aspects with Davide sort of elucidated about other people and other foreigners who are, who are all set to come back to Japan. Uh, that includes people like me who have already stayed in Japan and, and many, many more who would probably be coming for the first time. So I think it was a very, very, enlightening session and I was very keen when I saw the subject I thought that it's it's a must uh, join in today so thank you no thank you Dr. Chen sorry yeah. thank you all right thank you for your questions everyone um, Davide thank you for your time and speaking with us today I particularly resonated with your comment about life in Japan or <laughs> transitioning to Japan um, has lots of challenges that are not specific to Japan but those have an influence on people's perspective about life in Japan. So I admire your passion for helping people and you have the knowledge and wisdom to support them. I hope that what we spoke about today can be beneficial for your audience as well. And just before we wrap up, do you have any announcements or anything you'd like to share to our listeners? Uh, no, I think it was, I would just want to say that it was a huge pleasure for me to, to be here. I, it was a very nice conversation. It was very uh, you know, it makes me feel good finally to talk about uh, something that is happening now, something that is moving forward uh, now. So uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, if you um, if you didn't know about me and you want to just, uh, you know, follow, maybe participate in future initiatives for students uh, in Japan, just you can follow me on Twitter and I'm always, you know, willing to share when I hear some some. some good information for students with a good initiative so uh, you can uh, you can keep following me on twitter thank you very much again for the invite all right thank you david so follow david on twitter for more news about study in japan um, and also some of the other countries that they cover with GoGo -Go world um, david posts a lot of interesting content and discussion around the topic so keep yourself informed and up to date and also learn from what other people are asking 
Um, I believe he also there's also a, a Discord server, so find more people there and be part of the community. To our listeners and followers, thank you for joining us today. Follow us, Japan Forward, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel, and this Twitter spaces will be distributed on Spotify and Apple Music. Make sure you subscribe to that as well. We'll do this again next week, and keep an eye out for the Twitter announcement and the topic. Thank you, everybody. Have a good afternoon, morning, wherever you are. Thank you for listening to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Visit our website for more information regarding our podcast and other news on Japan. Catch you next time.